Reporting from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations, this is the Cyber Risk Report. The Cyber Risk Report is a strategic intelligence product created by Cisco analysts that highlights current security issues in mid- to long-range perspectives. The report addresses seven major risk management categories, including vulnerability, physical, legal, trust, identity, human, and geopolitical. This report covers the time period of February 18th through February 24th, 2013. Vulnerability activity remained elevated for this period, consisting of large numbers of new alerts versus updated alerts. The movement maintains the trend of the New Year's activity levels. Cisco released security notices and release note enclosures for a Cisco IOS SSL VPN portal page denial of service vulnerability, multiple vulnerabilities in Cisco Lynx SWAG200G, a Cisco Unified Video Conferencing Products Insecure Default FTP Configuration Issue, a Cisco Unity Connection Memory Leak Denial of Service Vulnerability, and multiple Cisco Products Root Shell Access Vulnerability. Information uh, concerning these releases are available on the Cisco SIO portal. Additional activity included multiple vulnerabilities in IBM Maximo Asset Manager, IBM Netiza Web Admin, and IBM Smart Cloud Control Desk. Multiple security updates were released by Red Hat and Mozilla that correct multiple vulnerabilities. Adobe released the Adobe Reader and Acrobat security update for February 2013 that corrects uh, two sandbox escape vulnerabilities. IntelliShield published 172 events last week, 97 new events and 75 updated events. These alerts are available via the IntelliShield Alert Manager service. Visit www.cisco.com go slash IntelliShield for more information. Moving on to the identity risk management category. Adaptive authentication is a term used for technologies that make decisions concerning authentication in real time. The technology uh, that operates beyond the standard pass or fail is making life difficult for account thieves. This authentication mechanism removes the ability to hijack email accounts uh, even when the correct username and password are used. This week, Google reported a 99.7% drop in hijacked emails since 2011. This is not a replacement for good password practices such as frequent password changes or password complexity, but the days of automated account hijacking against Gmail appear to be over. The industry will continue to adopt these technologies. Recently, RSA made adaptive authentication viable for bank customers. Consumers don't appear to resist the change because it's easy to use. The additional steps for the consumer are not as frustrating as other authentication methods. For example, the CAPTCHA uh, type the unreadable letters and numbers into the box below. Uh, that test is a frustrating authentication method. The additional steps are as easy as reading a text message. Expect to see adaptive authentication as a defense against account hijackers who look to utilize users' accounts to launch attacks. And next in the human risk management category, a tongue-in-cheek military blog misled a Capitol Hill staffer to request a Pentagon explanation about reported military benefits being provided for Guantanamo Bay detainees. A constituent wrote a letter to the U.S. Senate Minority Leader's staff that requested information about a story reported on the Duffel blog, a military news spoof website. The constituent referred to the story as authentic and wrote their senator for an explanation. The staffer failed to vet the story that resulted in the letter to the Pentagon. 
Anyone with a small amount of skill can create a website that appears credible. Without due diligence on the part of the reader, it's possible to successfully mislead the readers of the website. Using graphics and language from authentic websites lends additional credence to the false website. And the amount of phony news websites such as TheOnion.com periodically trick users who should be savvy. Once an individual has been misled into accepting a website's authenticity, that trust can provide additional credence in the mind of the next user who visits the website. While this was an embarrassment for the senator's staff, no harm was done. This would not be the case if the website was truly malicious, such as a fake banking website, for instance. Users are advised to thoroughly investigate websites that appear to have important information and use secure methods of contact, such as secured messaging on banking websites for correspondence. And this week, in the Attacks and Compromises Risk Management category, Reports of compromises at Facebook, Twitter, and Apple are linked to a compromised third-party forum website that discusses software development. The website iPhoneDevSDK.com suffered an account compromise that allowed an attacker to post malicious Java applets that would execute when a user visited the site. The attacks were reportedly able to gain access to information stored on employee laptops. The main difference in this series of compromises were the announcements by the affected companies. Many organizations are cautious concerning public announcements of compromises, fearing brand or reputation damage. However, the affected companies chose to share information regarding the attacks in hopes that others would apply their solution to recover from the attack. The attack was not a new phenomenon, but demonstrated the cascading nature of website exploitation. The ability to compromise a single website allowed the attacker to gain the ability to compromise other systems across other organizations. The trust model is only as strong as the weakest link. If an employee who trusts a third-party website executes controls from that website, a path for exploitation is created. Initially, Facebook discovered the attack because of an abnormal series of domain names were contained in the DNS logs. Organizations should monitor for unknown or unexpected domain names that appear in DNS logs and other indicators of compromise to discover possible exploitation. And finally, in the geopolitical risk management category. Last year, India's Supreme Court rejected appeals by telecommunication operators to reconsider a key decision. Uh, the decision nullified 122 2G spectrum licenses uh, that were granted to telecommunication operators in 2008 through a process that was determined to be rigged. The court ruled that government officials colluded with telecommunication operators who granted the licenses at below market value, which deprived Indian citizens of an estimated U.S. $40 billion in budget funds. Several senior officials, including former telecommunication minister A. Raja, were implicated for their direct involvement or for looking the other way. Raja was jailed for his role in the fraud. The decision will require roughly 5% of mobile phone subscribers to change operators and will cost affected telecommunications operators billions of dollars. The scandal, now several years old, sparked a major grassroots anti-corruption movement in India and weakened the government in New Delhi. The court's stance against high-level corruption was viewed as a positive step that India can change its business culture. However, many foreign telecommunication investors and their Indian partners are rethinking their Indian strategy. Uh, 
The Indian mobile market investors that have been looking for profits that have not materialized remain uncertain. A new set of Spectrum auctions are scheduled to take place in March of 2013, despite efforts by some companies to head them off. For information security specialists, the case reminds us of continuing high risk in emerging markets where unpredictable regulations add security risk and point toward continued uncertainty for years to come. This concludes the Cyber Risk Report for this week. To read the full report, visit www.cisco.com slash go slash SIO and select the Cyber Risk Reports link. Tune in for next week's report from Cisco Security Intelligence Operations. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.